Welcome to Fright Fix. My name's Sook. My name's Celia. How are you doing, Celia? Yeah, I am all good. I'm really, really excited for this week. I don't know why. I've just been thinking about it all day. You know, it's kind of coming to the end of the week for us on our recording day. So it's quite nice to be thinking that we could do this. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It was all very last minute deciding to do this episode because we were actually going to do a different movie. And then like a day before we were going to record, it's like, shall we do Candyman instead? Yeah, brand, I know. It's brand new. <laughs> it's brand new. And that happened last week as well so this film that we're going to do next time it just keeps getting kicked down the line but i promise it's a good one so i hope so <laughs> gotta stay yeah. tuned for that This week, we'll be reviewing the 2021 horror movie Candyman, starring Yaha Abdul-Mateen and produced by Jordan Peele. Candyman is directed by Nia DaCosta. Find your Fright Fix anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on social media at Fright Fix Podcast. And you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fright Fix Podcast. And as always, we're going to be discussing the movie in detail. So uh, just be warned, there's going to be loads of spoilers. So if you've not watched the movie, get yourself to the cinema or whichever subscription service it's currently on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then come back to us when you're done. For decades, the housing projects of Chicago's Cabrini Green were terrorised by a ghost story about a supernatural hook-handed killer. In present day, an artist begins to explore the macabre history of Candyman, not knowing it would unravel his sanity and unleash a terrifying wave of violence that puts him on a collision course with destiny. With destiny. Yeah. I said that almost with an American <laughs> accent, it was getting so cheesy by the end. <laughs> oh, you should have you should have gone in hard with that. <laughs> every time, every time I read those, I'm like, ooh, how exciting! Even though I've already seen the film and I know what I'm going to talk about. <sighs> so go on. What did you think? So Candyman, the revival of the 1980 something Candyman. Oh, 1992. 1992. Ah, oh, mm. I thought it was 1982. Um, so I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this was one of the best films I've seen in years like this has this is one of my top favorite films from just a viewing experience point of view that every single scene everything that I saw I really loved um yeah. I mean as we get into the podcast there might be a few things but for me every scene had purpose every line had so much meaning to it every shot was filmed with so much depth to it and there's so much symbolism throughout the film that's weaved into every part of the film from the characters their progression the dialogue and it just felt like I could analyze everything over and over again and get a different result every time I did yeah, it yeah you know I, I I often say in this podcast that I get annoyed when there isn't meaning behind things that are, are done and sometimes that works sometimes films aren't supposed to do that yeah but this film really went for it and yeah, yeah. I could imagine this being a film that took a hell of a long time to get right because there's so much you know it's mm-hmm. so powerful um, yeah it's definitely uh, a very considered film like it, you can there's layers there and uh yeah I absolutely agree with what you just said yeah yeah so uh, to be honest I didn't really know where to start when I was thinking about my overall thoughts so I kind of I wanted us to kind of talk about the overall concept of Candyman um because that's one of the things that I thought was really really interesting about this film mm. um and whether we you know thought that it meant the same thing because again everything everything has different meaning and, and people could come out of, from this film thinking that Candyman, you know, was a symbolism for something completely different. Um, yeah. But so I was, you know, Candyman is a result of the injustices felt by Black people, specifically police brut- brutality and, you know, unfair accusations and, you know, that happening throughout time. And I love that he could be anyone. He represents any person who has come to harm at the hands of authority figures, not just police, but just, it could have been the upper classes, it could be. Yeah. And it was just giving Candyman a backstory that he is part of something bigger I thought was a really interesting move to make um, and really brought the character out to, to kind of leave you with something. He's not just a horror ghost. He's not just a demon or a serial killer. He means something real and yeah. I just think that, that that made this film really, really amazing to me. Um, yeah. That they, they did that and made it really interesting. I want to talk later uh, you know, more about what Candyman represents but 
it's just that being able to do a physical embodiment of a feeling in such a way, you know, make him scary and make him um, vicious, but also make him kind of a sad character when you think about who, what he represents. Mm. Um, And so even the bad guy in this film isn't really a bad guy. He's just almost just a result of what's happened in history. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so complex and there's so many levels to it, but the overall concept of what Candyman is, I found really, really interesting. Um, And then lastly, I think there was a really good balance in this film between the gore, the suspense, the thrill, the psychological horror, and the kind of mystery of unraveling who Candyman is. I think it's it's not the scariest film I've ever seen by by a long shot, um, but it does get you in in parts. Using mirrors (laughs) to kind of play with you. But I think it's much more psychological than it is jump scary for me. Um, So yeah, what did you think? I this is going to be another one of those episodes where I think we're quite in sync uh, yeah. I am looking forward to um, the talk about what Candyman means maybe later on in the episode or, or whenever it comes up naturally because yeah. Uh, yeah I'm quite eager to hear what you think and whatnot and um, but but yeah I'm, I mean largely I'm in, in agreement with, uh, with with a lot of what you said there were a couple of things you mentioned which I'll touch upon later on which I kind of had the opposite feeling to mm, interesting but it'll it'll come up as, as the episode progresses I'm sure and um but like my kind of overall thoughts so I'd up until so I just watched this yesterday because it was all mm. very last minute when we decided with this movie and everything so I'd never actually watched the original one before no neither have I and so I kind of went into this movie like with no knowledge of the lore or the history mm. of the franchise because there's like three Candyman movies prior to this one and from my understanding this is a direct sequel to the very first Candyman movie yeah and uh, I, I kind of I'm glad I went in blind to this movie because I did not sorry let me just have my phone in silent apologies that was an email notification nobody ever emailed me <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so I was kind of yeah so I was, I was very glad that I had no idea what the story was because I just liked how it all unfolded and mm. it was not what I expected at all I, I mean I don't really know what I expected going into this the movie I found was very easy to watch yeah um, I didn't I mean I might even consider watching it again actually because I'm convinced that during during the talky moments in the film that I probably missed mm. a few bits. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because there is a balance between the, obviously, the scary moments and there's quite a lot of talking in this movie, you know. And there is, yeah. Yeah, it's quite dense. This. There's a, a lot of the kind of history or, you know, the stuff they allude to with the kind of the the, the racial injustice and whatnot. Like, you know, there's, mm. there's a lot there that I, I might just go back to it and watch it again. So, yeah. So, so this movie is produced by Jordan Peele, as you'd mentioned earlier, and he's the guy behind Get Out and us so I have yeah. very high expectations going into this yeah and uh, I mean I generally like how Jordan Peele's team infuses kind of social commentary into the movies at, at, in a kind of a level that not very many filmmakers even try to do yeah and uh, so so I was looking forward to it. now I, I wasn't I really wasn't let down I don't think after this movie straight after this movie had ended I turned on the first Candyman and started watching that ah interesting yes and uh, I'm glad I did it that way around right because it could have wa- changed your mind oh well here's the thing is i i actually think that's the perfect way to watch it watch the new mm. one and then watch the old one because then the old one feels if you watch the old the, the original movie in isolation just as a piece on its own it's not very good right like it's, it's I, aged, I was suspecting that would be the case it's aged very it's, it's yeah time has not been kind to it uh, <laughs> but because i watched this movie and all that kind of so that with the first movie all, all so so you know in in this movie all the discussion they have about oh yeah there was this lady who jumped in fire and blah 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 mm. that's the first movie and there's a the, like oh. the, like Anthony when they discuss the child the baby that's Anthony mm. and he's in the first movie right and, uh, so so watching that first movie unfold it, it, I just kept going oh oh, oh. Mm. so so maybe someone that had watched the first movie probably saw the twist come where it turns out that Anthony was the child from the first movie they probably saw that coming a mile yeah off. but watching it in reverse yeah it, it's more of a twist ending for us because we're like oh my god I never <laughs> knew that yeah. yeah it's just how how much this movie because I think so Candyman 2021 ignores Candyman 2 and 3 and connects directly to the first one yeah just watching those kind of plot threads and whatnot it's quite interesting uh, I mean I won't say anything about the first one because I, I, I want you to watch it maybe we could do that mm. in another episode it'd be quite interesting yeah no I definitely want to watch it after this yeah. one I mean because I've had so such a good experience with this one I'll probably come out of that one thinking that it wasn't as good only for the fact 
fact that it has the law in it that creates Candyman 2021. Don't know. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And uh, they do little things like at, at the beginning when um, the film opens with the title credits, you see these kind of buildings shot from upside down. So it looks like yeah. The, this. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how to describe it, but it's kind of like the total mirror to how the first movie opens with the first movie opens from a shot from the sky looking at the city down from above. Yeah. From above. Yeah. And uh, so this movie does it. Does, yeah. It pays kind of so 2021 definitely pays a lot of homage to 1991 or 1992 whenever so, yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah so it's like a mirror I just think because I love that um, title sequence where it was like you're looking up at the top of buildings in mist so it kind of looks like it could be upside down. It could, they look like they've just been floating but I yeah, suppose yeah, it's yeah. like the mirror image the first one ah, <laughs> upside down but yeah because I know they they used two actors from the original movie yes. didn't they um, yes. they used so the, the actress that played Helen Lyle that was Virginia Madsen right and she played Helen Lyle in like a, a few seconds of the clips in the Candyman 2021 there was like yeah I think there's a voiceover or something yeah the voiceover is yeah. her and then you see the original Candyman is it Todd yeah. Tony right? Todd yeah Tony Todd yeah, yeah. Um, right at the end which that's yes. cool they're play, paying homage to, to the original which is yeah yeah because uh, with the paints you know when, the, when there's a piece uh, a piece a scene where you see all of Anthony's paintings and it's the various faces of various candy men. Yeah. I mean, that's what I assumed it was. And you see the very first one. And I remember saying to just that's Tony Todd, like the first painting. Ah. So, so, I mean, in a kind of a weird, abstracty kind of form of him. I mean, I might be yeah. totally wrong, but that's what I kind of took away from it. It probably um, is. Because, I mean, if they're going to bring him, I mean, he was only on screen as himself for one second, two seconds, right at the end. Yeah. So maybe they and, wanted to bring him back for like a bit more in the film. Mm. Yeah, and he's been like digitally de-aged as well to make, make him look a bit younger because yeah. he doesn't look like that now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was um, thinking that. I was like, if this is because I thought it was an 80s film, I was like, oh, he looks quite young. <laughs> he looks great. <laughs> yeah, and uh, mm. like with the whole Candyman concept, like going in blind to this movie, like I I thought, like when you know the opening bit when uh, the man comes out of the wall uh, yeah. and he offers the kid a sweet, you know, I thought, oh, so is Candyman like a play on the whole kind of pedophile type thing or something? something where, mm. uh, you know, like uh, some weird old man offering a child a sweet and then, you know, yeah. drags that child to his van or something and drives away or whatever. I thought that's the direction Candyman was going in and he's some kind of dude that creeps on children. I, I just assumed that's yeah. what it was because I just couldn't tie in the name Candyman to this. I just felt like the name Candyman was so disconnected from mm. who the, the ghost was. Like, and, and uh, yeah, I, anyway, I mean, yeah, so I just couldn't, yeah. But yeah, the, the, the story went in a total, totally different uh, direction to what I was expecting. But something that kind of took me back uh, to when I was a child actually because you know the bit there's the scene when there's the five girls in the school and yeah. uh, they're all looking in the mirror and whatnot I must have had some kind of weird repressed memory that came flooding <laughs> back to me which I had was it Bloody thought- Mary <laughs> I mean, that's another, oh gosh, that's something I've not heard for a long time, but <laughs> bloody Mary. But uh, yeah, so like when I was a kid, uh, when I was in school, the school I went to was this kind of old Victorian building, this huge mm. old Victorian building. I remember when I was like, must have been five at the time or something, five or six. Yeah. And uh, I remember being, I, I I was one of them kids that never went to the bathroom in school. Like I would wait until I right. got home. Yeah. And I think this one rare occasion I went into the bathroom and, and it's just like these kids are in front of the mirror and they're all saying to me or to us to the group we should say Candyman five times in the mirror and then we'll die or something like that and uh and that means this so when that happened this movie would have been less than a year old yeah and uh, yeah. and it kind of like just shook me a little bit like how the hell do these kids that are five or six years old know like, who Candyman know... is yeah, yeah. Like, how yeah. I, I'd never even watched a horror I didn't even know what horror movie was at that point in my life yeah. these kids are telling me to say Candyman uh, yeah there were some kids <laughs> that had said about the Bloody Mary say Bloody Mary yeah at times whatever you die or whatever or she appears behind did you, you say it did you say Candyman in the mirror no 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 I don't recall ever saying it because obviously I'm still alive so that means I did say it (laughs) (laughs) good point very good point (laughs) but no I just yeah just that that memory just came flooding back to me in that instance and I just remember the smell of the pee and the yeah tiled floors and the beige tiled walls (laughs) the ancient Victorian bathroom fittings and you know it's just anyway they should have just filmed that and that's exactly the same as what (laughs) happened in the film it is weird though that the 
the concept of saying Candyman five times in a mirror, it's all self-imposed. Like if people didn't say it, like nothing happens, right? Exactly. Like, like exactly. it's just, I'm sure there's deeper meaning about that somewhere. I couldn't quite get it. No, no, no. Funny um, enough, it was one of my points later on as well. But yeah, no, no, I, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in agreement with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, this could have very easily been avoided if people didn't say it. <laughs> but like your story shows, people do. You test it to see if it's real or not. Yeah. And I suppose yeah. human nature is always to guess and test what's happening around them. And, yeah. you know, this is just one of those things that probably shouldn't do. It's that curiosity. Exactly. Even if it's like not believing in ghosts, but also not doing a Ouija board. Mm. Like you might not believe in ghosts, but you don't want to test your luck. <laughs> and, yes. <laughs> you know, do something about it. So what did you think of the kind of overall acting and casting choices for this film? Uh, I really don't have that much to say in this department, actually. Um, yeah. This is going to be very short. Like, I, yeah, so... I don't know if this is a, a plus or a minus, uh, but I didn't think Anthony was a particularly likable character or likable no. protagonist in the movie. Uh, like, you know, like when his art studio, art gallery friend is murdered and mm. it's announced in the news and then Anthony's name is announced in association with the death. You know, Anthony's yeah. like, oh my gosh, they said my name. You know, he's so happy. Yeah. And yeah. his friends are just looking at him like they're shocked. Like, that's what yeah. you took away from this? Like, even I was like, yeah. what the hell, man? Well, like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, like, and another thing is like, he's aware of the Candyman myth. Like, he knows mm. what it does and you know what it's about. But yeah, he tells so many people to partake in it. Yeah, yeah, like that's it's... very weird, isn't it? That he set up a whole show exhibition for people to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, dude, what are you doing? You're gonna get all these people killed, man. And so, I mean, it was a whole kind of uh, domino effect of a lot of this kind of behavior where he wasn't particularly nice to some to to, to people, or you know, there was this sense of entitlement. I found about him as well but so when he did kind of succumb to the the full transformation of like becoming mm. Candyman to me personally it didn't hurt so much I didn't feel right. that loss and uh but but in you know aside from Anthony like I thought uh I thought the rest of the supporting cast were fine like I had yeah. zero issue like no issues with them yeah so I'll just take that as a they were great yeah well I mean in Anthony's defense just thinking about it I suppose he he might not have believed that Candyman was real I suppose he yeah. I think he more thought that it was really interesting law and around the um caprini green yeah, yeah so that yeah, he was yeah. he was presenting that not really knowing what but you're right yeah yeah no i so, think you you make a good point yeah that's fair yeah yeah um, what, what about yourself what did you think of the performances and cast? yeah i mean i thought they were great i so i loved misfits when i was younger um if you ever saw misfits so i know exactly what you're gonna say yeah, nathan yeah. stewart <laughs> i mean well because he was one of the first people that you see and i yeah. thought he was going to be the main character so i was so excited because i was like i love him and he's playing <laughs> the opposite character he goes from like yeah. uh like a ladies man from misfits to like a really flamboyant gay uh i can't remember what his name is um yeah i was happy film. for him though i was, I was pleased Troy. Yeah. and i thought he did a really good job i was actually like i was excited to see him in all the scenes like he had that he was that comic relief in a subtle way that didn't make it feel like my role is the comic relief you know yeah, he was yeah. just he was able to do that so yeah, i appreciated yeah. him being in this film um i mean i i from you saying that about Anthony I agree with you I hadn't picked up on it that he wasn't likable um I kind of assumed that he wasn't likable from the beginning like the way that he like you said like there are bits about him that show that he's a bit selfish and he's he's not great at learning how to he's not great in social situations in some senses and is a little bit entitled when it comes to his art but I think yeah. that the acting was brilliant of that character so, oh yeah 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 no doubt no doubt yeah yeah, yeah Abdul Mateen's acting was was really good and I think there is a descent into madness but it's much more subtle in certain ways I think than it is in other films because he almost seems like he doesn't care about a lot of things throughout the film and I do wonder whether that is his descent into being the candy man like rather than like flipping a switch and becoming crazed it's like he just loses all of his emotions and flatlines throughout the film like he doesn't really have many shock moments like you know his the one thing that annoyed me was his hand when he got bitten by a wasp yeah, his hand yeah. basically starts falling off and he doesn't really care no. like he doesn't go, he doesn't go to hospital and like until his literal fingernails off. yeah 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 and i yeah. think that kind of represents the fact that his he he's just losing
feeling all of his emotion and he's becoming Candyman, spoiler, um, slowly throughout the film, even before the ending. He's kind of just losing his, himself um, to then just become a very... Yeah, that is... that is Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but from my view, there wasn't much there for him to lose. Like, not much was lost. Yeah. He wasn't... It's not like he was like the, like the paragon of like a nice guy yeah. or a likable guy to begin with. He was just a bit kind of flip-floppy and... Yeah, you're right. He doesn't go from good to bad. He goes from neutral to less neutral. (laughs) (laughs) There's a subtle difference there. Um, but I mean this is a really acting or casting but I really liked his costume um, in the film especially when he was wearing his painter's jumpsuit oh, yeah. right at the end um, yeah. because it really reminded me of us where they all wear those red jumpsuits yeah 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 yeah. Um, and he walks like them in a set he's walking through Caprini Green in one scene he's yeah. wearing his jumpsuit he's got like n- no emotion on his face he's just kind of walking yeah. towards uh, I think there's a light in one of the houses and it really just gave me a glimpse of us and I just appreciated that they kind of I don't know if they did it on purpose with the jumpsuit but I mean a jumpsuit's quite a, a unique thing to wear and it's in both of these films so I feel like maybe it was a tiny little nod mm, to, to the maybe. film I didn't think of that yeah no, I was just wonder if um, us get out and Candyman are in like a shared universe or something maybe oh god that'd be such a depressing universe <laughs> like <laughs> you've got something trying to kill you in a mirror you've got people underground who are trying to kill you and everything else that goes on. <laughs> yeah. Were there uh, any scenes or elements of the movie that you that you liked? Yes, so many. <laughs> I've cut it down for brevity to the main ones that I love. But of course, in yeah. my initial notes, every single bullet point starts with love. Like, love that. Love this. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so I was like, okay, Cena, you've got to not say you loved everything and just pick a few things. But sure, so sure. I loved. <laughs> um, I loved the, um, the the storytelling throughout the film using the shadow puppets. Yes. Um, it was very Tim Burton to me. It was, <laughs> it was really, and I, I'm a massive Tim Burton fan. It was creepy but visually interesting and it just made the film feel a lot more like it was steeped in lore and kind of mythology around Caprini Green and I love it when films they become this kind of almost documentary around the history of something and then they use these visual aids to make that really interesting and so I'm always a sucker for a story that's told through some sort of puppetry or animation I love it when films use short clips of animation just to break it up it doesn't have to be a voiceover where you actually show the things that happened yes. it's almost like leaving a bit of it to the imagination but these stylized puppets they're just yeah I really enjoyed that oh yeah <laughs> oh yes absolutely yeah yeah um I said before but I did really like the opening credits the way that the mist made it feel like the everything was floating and I loved the font that they used as well it was like a really creepy font oh um, I need to check that out again yeah it was everything was so visual satisfying from a horror fan point of view like it was very like creepy and um dark and I just yeah it geared me up to be really excited about this film (laughs) because you know I I had forgotten that it was a Jordan Peele production yeah um and so his name had come up and I think Yaya's name had come up so I remembered him from us and I was just getting more and more excited about this film so I was like oh my god it's a proper Jordan Peele like he's got and then yeah so it was just making me very excited for the film to watch those opening credits but I do think that sometimes opening credits make a film it it locks you into a film gets you in the Um, mood because one of my biggest pet peeves is when you have the most boring opening credits that literally lists everyone like I'm not saying that if you're a assistant producer you're not important but maybe leave it for the end credits because I really don't I want to watch the film I don't want to spend three minutes watching yes (laughs) I agree I agree with you yeah yeah um so two two other things I'll keep it to that no Um, no go for it take your time one of my favorite uh images in the film was when um what's name anthony was looking at in the mirror and then a wasp comes what you think is coming from behind him towards the mirror but then it turns out that it was on the inside of the mirror yeah it tries to get out (laughs) i like yeah i really (laughs) and you could hear it tapping on the inside of the mirror and it just it it created a new universe within the mirror that's different from the one that you're in now because that thing is only 
in the mirror, like Candyman is only in the mirror, but it just opens this world up just from this really subtle uh, wasp on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the bit in the uh, in the girl's toilet where the where the wasp or bee or whatever flies to the mirror and then it goes through the mirror? And it goes and through it. Mirror, yeah. yeah. It just the way that they play with mirrors throughout and where you see glimpses of the Candyman through a mirror. And every time I saw a window or a mirror, I kept thinking, oh my God, he's going to be there. Like <laughs> the, uh, the concept of mirrors, although it's from the original Candyman and it's in other films. So I know it's not an original idea. Yeah. It's still a really cool one to use because everyone's got mirrors. Everybody has to walk past them. So oh no, I'm going to have to take all my mirrors that, down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll have like towels over all your mirrors. And <laughs> um, so the, yeah, the overall idea of using the mirror. And I also love that um, there was one bit where the art dealers are being killed um, yeah. in the museum, in the gallery. And he, the Candyman drags um, the guy yeah. across the floor. And then yes. there's a really quick view of him dragging him through the mirror of the office window. Yes. It's like one second, but it just, yeah. the fact that they, they've made sure that you would be able to see, because he's invisible when you're not looking in a mirror. So it looks like this guy's just being dragged by nothing. But then you look up and you can actually see the Candyman through the mirror dragging him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love all of those bits. Um, but my favorite of all um, <laughs> was actually something that you just picked up on that you didn't like. I mean, it's not the, well, no, it's just the same scene. But you know, when you were saying about when he's watching TV and they say his name and he has that really weird reaction of like, they said my name, even though it was about yeah, like, yeah, 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 the death. Yeah, yeah. Just before that, you're really zoomed in on Anthony's face. Yes. And yeah. you can see the reflection of the mirror of the TV in his eyes and it's slightly bluey like a blue tinge to it and he looks slightly like he's dead or that he's kind of zombie like because he's yes. just staring at the TV yeah. with these kind of it looks like he has cataracts almost yeah, like he's yeah, got yeah. these blue yeah. hazes across his eyes and then the TV switches off and he, he comes back to life like he almost jolts back to life yeah I did notice and that yeah I just loved that a because I mean it's really cool that it you saw the TV through his eyes and the fact that it made him look dead but then it also kind of foreshadows to him becoming Candyman later because he does become like a zombie you know when he's mm. getting his arm cut off and he doesn't even flinch and he's got like one of his eyes is like milky yes. um, so it kind of and he has no expression on his face and so that little tiny glimpse was almost like this is what you're about to see with this character in like an hour's time when he becomes <laughs> Candyman and then boom he's back to life but it's just like a really quick snippet but ah oh, that yeah, I love that yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely sometimes it's those little details yeah yeah it's that, just the little yeah. things that make it like I said at the beginning everything has meaning and everything can be seen as I mean you could probably start and stop this film and listen to everything people say and every image that's shown and pick something out of it like I'm mm. sure there were plenty of mirrors that I missed having something in them or you know like it's just full of full of stuff like that um so yeah <laughs> what about you <laughs> <laughs> I think uh I think largely you've covered off a lot of the uh the, the points I was going to make and I don't know if I if I can add very much so like uh, I like how the movie starts off as well uh, you know when the studio logos are all mirrored yeah and reversed um, like when that was ah, when that happened yeah because yeah. like when that happened I had no idea what that was in reference to and I was like okay have I just got a strange copy yeah, of the yeah. movie or something yeah and, but then as the movie progressed like you know it made total sense about you know, the, that whole motif of reflections mm. is kind of carried out throughout the entire movie uh, well right from the beginning right through to the end yeah. so touching upon what you said about the the the, the shadow puppets like yeah i mm. liked I, yeah i don't know i loved like how the mythos <laughs> and lore of the film was delivered using shadow puppets mm. yes yeah, same as you like i was really impressed by the, the just the craftsmanship and the originality of the approach like i believe mm. uh, that this was used uh so I, I think the shadow puppets were used instead of flashbacks to the first film or you know using footage of the original film because i think they wanted to keep it as a standalone project yeah so even though it is telling the story of the first film mm. you know and i think they didn't want to be beholden to the first one too much and they just wanted this to yeah. be a standalone kind of thing so i thought that was a good move and it, yeah it added to the atmosphere and it kind of became this kind of living thing within the movie mm. and uh you know right and it, you know it, the the shadow puppets happen throughout the ending credits of the movie as well yeah you kind of get like that a bit a bit more of the history there and um yeah same as you <laughs> uh i really really like the use of reflections in the movie and mm. uh, and how Candyman is only ever used in like 
you know, only ever appears in uh, reflections of windows mm. or glossy surfaces or mirrors. Or the, the lift, the mirrors in the lift. I've just remembered that oh, scene. Yeah, that scene was yeah. pretty good. That seems pretty good. Yeah. yeah. The whole lift, like all six sides of the lift are mirrors. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Like as soon as you walked in there, you're like, okay, something is about to happen. Cause there's like, you know, when you go into a room and you've got uh, into a, a wall, a mirror walled room and you see like loads and loads of versions yeah, of that yourself, kind of like going down. Yeah, the infin- infinity was, mirror type thing. Yeah. I thought he was going to come. What I would have wanted was for Candyman to like run down that hallway of mirrors towards him. Oh. Because like it makes like a hallway, doesn't it? Like oh, a dark. That, that would have been really good. I thought he could like run towards him and like not get to him in time, but like you see him coming towards you. Oh, anyway, yeah. So yeah, was yeah. That, that would have been really good. But yeah, I just love how the filmmakers committed to that whole use of reflections. I thought it was really creative. As you said, the lift, the lift sequence was really good. And uh, actually, I think, yeah, by adding that running bit would have improved that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was still cool that he cut his finger, he cut his finger, right? And it started dripping and then the drips came from above him. Yes. And then he looked up and there was Candyman above him in the mirror. Like that's because that's playing with like physics and the fact that, the yeah. you know, gravity and all of that. But yeah, it could have been scarier, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, there were some lines in the film that I liked, actually. Um, I mean, they, I don't know why they, they kind of stuck out to me, but I thought they, they, yeah, they kind of did for some reason. I like when the, uh, I don't know if it was the art gallery guy or the critics, somebody says to Anthony, uh, it makes reference to him about uh, dicking around in the studio without the crushing burden of a day job. And for some reason, that kind of hit me for some reason. I was like, <laughs> I think it's probably because there was a period of time, a brief period of time where I didn't have a job and I was like struggling with a job. And like, I don't know, I don't know why. Maybe I just took that really personally. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Then the other the other line, uh, which I thought was pretty cool, is I think it might have been the brother that says this, where he's like, "Black people don't need to be summoning shit." Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a nice reversal of the stereotype and whatnot. Yeah, and it plays into the fact that it kind of reminds you that this is a horror film, and you're like, "Oh, how are they going to work with being a horror film?" Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the third and last line, I thought that that kind of was a bit hard hitting, and I think it, this line works in the context of that little brief scene but you know when um, Anthony's girlfriend's father jumps off the building or something oh yeah and he's uh, like I bet you didn't know your daddy could fly that that yeah. line kind of yeah it's just uh, it didn't it wasn't a part of a larger scene or anything but it's just it just added to the the whole and I thought I thought it was pretty cool yeah that was a very um like painful moment to watch and I think it was painful because of that line like it's a weird mm. thing to say to a child and you know what's about to happen when he says that and you're like oh god yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just the the last point. Uh, this isn't this isn't a, a like or a dislike, but it's just an observation more than anything. But I think if there's one scene in this film that kind of su- that kind of summarizes progress in cinema or portrayal of black people in cinema is the bit when Anthony's girlfriend uh, is talking on the phone and she's like a, a black lady who's financially seems like she's mm. well off. She's supporting her man whilst he's dicking around yeah. in the studio. Yeah, and she speaks French on the phone. Yeah, and yeah. I was like that whole combination is just yeah in that brief 20 seconds or whatever it was i thought that kind of summed up quite a lot yeah it's a good point we didn't really touch on it when we were talking about the the acting and the casting and, and i suppose the characters but her character is refreshing she doesn't yes. rely on anybody but no. she's also not what i really hate in films is where they have like this strong independent woman that doesn't need anyone but they also portray them as like a bit bitchy and like like you know standoffish and it's like no that's this is just a woman who is successful like you said like she has so much going for her and she's a lovely person as well yeah, and yeah like yeah. that's what a normal person should be portrayed as not you you can only be successful if you're also bitchy like it's just yeah. a nice balance between yeah between yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's that thing frustrates me a lot in movies when they want to show female empowerment but at the cost of making all the men in the room look like idiots yeah and uh yeah you're right they didn't do that in this film and she yeah she was just a nice person a good person 
person. Yeah, like she supported her boyfriend, but when he said, she said, oh, our apartment, and he said, it's your apartment, you know, they're, they're still respecting the, the fact that she's successful, but she's not thinking of it as her space or the fact that he's not working. She just gets worried about him. And yeah, throughout yeah. the film, she has a lot of pressure to, because he's kind of devolving into this very strange person. Yes. Um, and she has a lot to deal with. So there are points where she's like, I don't, I can't handle this, but that's a very normal thing to, to go through. So yeah, I respected the film for doing that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's my, my uh, list nice. of likes done. <laughs> so what about dislikes? And I feel like you need to go first so I can start thinking of some. I've only got one. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, my, uh, yeah, my list is really short and I don't think I actually have any dislikes in this movie really. Um, yeah. So like I kind of, everything that actually happened in the story to serve the story, I was, uh, I didn't read, there wasn't anything I disliked about it. Um, so I, th- I suppose if there was one thing I kind of had to nitpick was the, just the horror element itself. Yeah. And uh, I kind of felt like they kind of stopped short quite a lot. Mm. Like they didn't go full into, you know, into the whole kind of scariness of the movie where, yeah. where I feel like they could have, and they could have made the whole Candyman character a bit more terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. But, but they kind of, I felt like they let us off the hook quite easy a number of times. I like, get it. Off the hook. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think where it kind of showed the most was, you know, with the art critic, mm-hmm. like they gave her, I mean, the death they gave her was quite gruesome, but uh, they let the audience off easy. Yeah. Like they didn't scare the audience, or they could have, they could have terrified yeah. the audience. It, I felt like there was, it was leading up to something, but then it kind of gave mm. this kind of really, ah, oh, I don't even know, limp mm. sequence where I felt like it could have been quite scary. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the only kind of dislike I can think of at a stretch. Yeah. What about yourself? Yeah. Well, thinking about it from what you've just said, it, even though I said I like the use of mirrors, I think they could have probably done more with that. Like, yeah. Because one of the creepiest bits for me was when um, Anthony says Candyman five times in his window. And then you you catch a glimpse of Candyman yes. a few seconds later standing behind him and they don't notice and they just carry on. Yeah, that was yeah. really creepy to me. That was. Like, oh, you, you know, he's was, just yeah. there. And, and I think if they'd have, instead of making it overtly scary, even just making it slightly more creepy by having him pop up in the backgrounds of more, like in the, the windows more, or you see a slight glimpse of him making him. And so it just gives you those chills of like, oh, yeah. he could be anywhere. And, yeah, and maybe yeah. that would have helped with that kind of horror aspect of it that because I was never scared in this film really I was creeped no, out no, a little bit me neither me neither but maybe a bit more creeped out would would have worked well you're right yeah I yeah. think the only thing that it's not even a dislike it's more I didn't really understand and help me out if I've just missed it but you know the story of the candy man in Caprini Green where he comes out of the wall and he gives yeah. that child the piece of candy and then the sure. child screams and then the police shoot the man and he becomes candy man from that yeah yeah like I completely understand like the police obviously shouldn't shouldn't have shot him why did why was he handing out because they say then that he hadn't done anything wrong like he wasn't the person that was putting razor blades in candy yeah but he was coming out of a wall and giving a child a piece of candy like yeah. I don't understand how that child because they that like, he was really guilty for that but I would like if, if a man came out of a wall and gave me a piece of candy I would scream as well like I don't understand why maybe it would have worked better if it was just a normal conversation that he was having with with a guy and he gave him a piece of candy at the end of the conversation the police saw that and then shot him saying like he's the candy man like that would have been for me it's really hard hitting because it's like he literally didn't do he was he's just Mm. a a normal but he like came out of the wall and was like whispering and and you know it's just a yeah it's um yeah it's 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 this kind of uh so what you've asked just kind of reinforces why i feel like i need to watch this movie again because i feel like i missed out some Mm. some portions of this movie's dialogue and whatnot and um so like the way i read that scene just on first viewing i mean i I might have got this totally wrong but it's just he i mean i just saw him as uh so the guy that comes out of the wall pre-candy man before he becomes the candy man he was he just struck me as someone who was probably just a bit of a village weirdo right yeah yeah. just does weird things and just does you know is just a bit of a weirdo not maybe he didn't seem Mm. like he was bad intention because he gives the kid the switch 
sweet, but then he just kind of carries on with his life. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, he just smiles and stands there. Yeah, Yeah, he's definitely not in the wrong at all. But you're right, he could just be a weirdo. Yeah, and uh, and I think where he becomes Candyman or whatever is like he's kind of killed in a brutal way, and it's kind of like an injustice, like like kind of there's no trial, no nothing, and it kind of harkens back to the the very first Candyman in the 18 whatevers, how he's kind of like brutally murdered with no trial, no justice, no nothing. He's just killed because he's a black dude and oh is that the same in that that film as well no no like this is the same oh yeah yeah i mean i think with the the origin of the Candyman, i think it's the same across both movies because it's directly Ah, referencing the yeah but yeah i think it's just i think that's how it happens and i think with um uh with anthony as well he's kind of there laying in his girlfriend's arms sorry oh it's my name yeah and he just gets shot in the head or whatever without any anything so so i think it's just a recurring theme maybe yeah and i i really love that scene where they the police put her in the car and then they say to her look you can either say that your boyfriend was armed and dangerous mm. or we can make you an accomplice to the crime and she says can I look at myself in the mirror yeah and you yeah, know yeah. that she's about to summon Candyman to help her and it was like oh the Candyman's just changed into almost an anti-hero to like save yeah. the true heroes of the film because the villains to me in this film are the police and are the authority that have um, racially discriminated against people like for me Candyman wasn't the issue because Candyman wouldn't exist if yeah. the oppression didn't exist. Yeah, like he's yeah, yeah. a direct yeah. result of the pain that black people have had gone through, especially in America with police. So it leaves you with this really interesting idea of like who is the good guys, who's the bad guys, <laughs> and what the Candyman is, because Candyman ends up saving saving her. Um, yeah, in a yeah, way. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah, because that, yeah, as as because when the film started, you know, I was still kind of trying to understand what the rules of engagement were with Candyman because because right at the beginning of the film cat you know anthony and his girlfriend say Candyman in the mirror five times or in the window the reflection of the window yeah. without realizing it but cat i was thinking wait Candyman hasn't killed them like where is he yeah. kills everyone else and then at the end of the film i was like wait she's gonna say Candyman five times in the in a police car mm. she's mm. is she gonna get herself killed and but then she didn't obviously mm. because Candyman saved her or whatever but then i kind of realized that every person that died in the film was not black like it, every victim was a yeah. white person except Burke. except that kid there was that ch- that young girl who locked herself in the bathroom and her her brother was like oh let me in let me in do you remember oh yeah but why did he die then oh man okay maybe i've got that wrong because i thought he was well i thought that as well and no but until that scene i thought exactly the same thing because all the girls in the bathroom are white the art dealers were white but i i feel like because i realized by the end that that anthony wasn't killed by Candyman because it was predestined that he would become the next Candyman. yeah yeah yeah. so like and maybe Candyman has a bit more control over who he kills versus who he doesn't like he he decides to not kill his girlfriend at the end yeah um yeah. and i don't know i i don't really know what the rules are for yeah that's what who i was trying to who doesn't yeah that's where i was trying that's where i was confused there just didn't seem to be yeah because i yeah because at the end of the film i still felt like oh crap is she gonna sacrifice her life or whatever yeah like, yeah that's what it was, yeah it wasn't super super clear to me no it wasn't i what i really liked as well was when um she runs out of that police car at the end and you see all the different like he, Candyman's face morphs into Tony Todd that's his yes. name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he says spread the word Yeah, and like that's the ending and then that made me think about all the times where they talk about spreading the word like the idea of Candyman is that you spread his name around and the art piece that Anthony made was called Say My Name Yeah, and all of that made me think about in um, the George Floyd murder yeah. The protests were all saying, say his name, say his name. And <sighs> so I think it's a way of kind of spreading the message of police brutality and keeping the memory of someone alive and, and reminding you not to forget about what's happened. So like yeah, yeah, the yeah, more yeah. you summon Candyman, the more you're reminded of every all the injustices that have happened. And like I just by by him saying spread the word at the end, it like I think it kind of rounded the film off and made Candyman, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of that bigger protest. Um, which was really interesting and I thought that that was yeah yeah that's a very good observation I, I wouldn't be surprised if this film was uh, influenced by the whole move, you know Black Lives Matter movement from last year yeah. or, definitely I mean, old, old I mean it, yeah, yeah it, it must have been because so much of it was 
was about i mean police brutality has been around for so many years oh yeah of course um, but because it's talking about this kind of falsely accused and then killed by a by police and the fact that the police are covering it up and it just makes me think that every time someone says the name Candyman, we shouldn't think of the scary nature of Candyman with his hook hand and his razor blades in, in sweeps we should be thinking about what he represents that he's only there because of people who have killed you know black people over time um yeah it's yeah. just it's so hard hitting and i'm sure there's so many different ways of viewing it especially if you are black and you're watching this like we'll have a completely different experience yeah, yeah um yeah. than we will but from an outsider's perspective um it's like a really nice way of getting your message across i think you said this earlier like it doesn't shove it down your throat and say this film is politically motivated and it's no. very it's it's done in a way that it makes people think about it in their own time and in their own way um and i really respect it for doing that yes yeah 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 no i, I yeah I, I think you've summed it up pretty nicely there actually i can't really add anything more to that <laughs> <laughs> well I, there was one other thing i wanted to say which was when i first started watching this film um i thought it was kind of because i have no idea what Candyman, the original one was sure sure i knew i knew there was a, a Candyman, but i thought it was about the the real Candyman. do you know the story of the real Candyman? no halloween oh, no okay. go on tell me so there was it's called he's called the man who ruined halloween and it's a true story about this he was a white guy called ronald o'brien who um poisoned his son's pixie stick it, it like the, sh- the sugar in the stick that you get at trick-or-treating yeah. with cyanide oh no um because he wanted to get the uh life insurance money so for what he did son. from his own son's death oh, dear. true story and so what he'd done is he poisoned four pixie sticks and put them in his son's trick-or-treat bag and three other children's bags so oh, that it looked gosh. like when they went on their Halloween tour they'd picked it up from somebody um, and unfortunately his son did die oh, but man. they managed the police figured out what had happened because they'd realised that the pixie stick had been tampered with and so they told every parent to throw away all the pixie sticks that they'd found obviously I think parents just threw away everything yeah, and yeah, the yeah. three other they found the three other pixie sticks um, and none of the kids were hurt thankfully oh man but it, he, he essentially ruined Halloween because no one would let their children go trick-or-treating for years because it was you know something could could happen and so when they started talking about the razor blades in yeah the the candy because part I think after that happened there was a lot of like media frenzy and people were talking about all the ways that someone could poison your children's candy and one of them was razor blades in candy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I thought this film was going to be about that in a way yeah yeah um, yeah yeah like that I don't mind sense, that it yeah. wasn't yeah I don't mind that it wasn't but and so he was called Candyman by the press um, because of the nature of the crime but I just thought I, that story because it's so unbelievable and it's almost made for a film I've always yeah. been surprised that it hasn't turned into something um, but there's no relation to the film I don't think it's just yeah. a coincidence that you know there's a few yeah. comparisons I, I mean the Candyman name's now been taken so even if they did make a, make a movie about that what would they call it like Sweetie Man or something but... well I think because <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not the same is it no, I think they, they'd probably call it the man who ruined Halloween because that's what yeah. he was called like for for years but oh, what a horrible horrible man um, that almost sounds like if I was going to make that into a movie I wouldn't even make the movie about that I would make the movie about the aftermath so maybe that yeah. would be the urban legend that's told at the end of the yeah. first act that like, hey hey Zeke hey yeah. Carter <laughs> you know <laughs> like did you ever hear about Dave that did this to his kid yeah, yeah. oh yeah no that kid comes around and kills everybody every Halloween yeah yeah once they- <laughs> <laughs> he wants his sweets back. <laughs> he wants his sweets back. Uh, that should be the tagline. <laughs> Candy man. He wants his sweets back. <laughs> uh, sweetie man. <laughs> sweetie man. Uh, I don't think the American audience would quite get that. They'd be like, what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who goes first with the closing thoughts then? Um, I don't think mine's going to be much of a surprise, so you go first. Okay. So overall, in closing, I thought this movie was really good. I thought it had some really good moments, and across the board, I think it's pretty good. It's it's way, way, way above average. So yeah. It, so it goes straight into the very good territory. Okay. <laughs> <book>. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, and it's really creative, and I think we've covered a lot of it. 
throughout the episode so i'll just be I'd, i would just be regurgitating a lot of the stuff we've already said in in my opinion it's a horror light and yeah i would have hope for something a bit more hard hitting like mm-hmm. something a bit more scary yeah and yeah i wish there was more suspense not even just a little more suspense i wish there was more like you know like i know we keep comparing every single movie to conjuring but <laughs> you know like yeah, i yeah. wish it was that level of scary and i think there's so much yeah. potential, potential to be there yeah. and uh, but i think they sacrificed that tension for just mass audience accessibility mm, and uh, yeah. and i'm a bit disappointed there so it kind of dropped a few marks in my book for that but uh and it's also just a different kind of killer in this movie like you know all the all the kills yeah. are self-inflicted like you know which yeah. is the opposite of a serial killer so it's a re- it's this weird in- inverted serial killer I, don't, I mean i don't even know what the phrase would be but and uh i thought at first i thought all the victims were white but clearly not because there's that mm. what one black kid that you mentioned <laughs> yeah. Just get killed. yeah so yeah so yeah. and because of that i think some of the logic there is just a bit inside out for me or a bit unclear like um i wasn't a hundred percent even by the end of the movie i wasn't a hundred percent sure on what Candyman's mo was because yeah. it's just a bit too much conflict conflicting bits of evidence for me and i just uh, it wasn't it wasn't clear maybe i just need a second viewing and then it'll be crystallized yeah. for me but um yeah i mean so so for that i would uh give the movie a seven out of ten okay nice yeah, yeah. what about you i think that's fair enough yeah i think you're right that this film does deserve a second viewing because there's so much in it and to be honest you know i i, I get that it wasn't overly scary and i would have loved it to be scary but i think at least it's a really good film yes. without that yes. like at least they didn't sacrifice horror and not bring something else to the table yeah like you yeah. were saying they the story and the i mean the shots were beautiful as well you know we haven't yeah. really spoken about the cinematography but no. the lighting and the images of the city and mm. and everything was was visually very interesting as well as the story and how it progressed and um the use of very kind of urbanized shots like the laundromat and and places like that which is is just showing the way that the city lives it it just makes this film something that i honestly would like most people to watch if they can you know even if you're not a massive horror fan i mean probably not the best podcast for you but (laughs) if you're not a massive horror fan this is still a, a, a film that hits so many markers and also i mean it's it's hard hitting because of the nature of the story that it's telling and the idea of black struggle and black and and violence against black people it's it's a hard thing to have to deal with um but it's something that we should and i think that that's another reason why we should watch this film because it just brings to light things that we should all know about and that's why i really respect this film because it does so much in such a short space of time it's not a long film um it could be three hours but it's not no um it's very lean it's very tight and i think it's the shortest of all the Candyman movies is it yeah Yeah, yeah, and again and I think we said this with Midsummer. like it's fine that it was three hours long because there was so much going on and it was incredible film Mm. but it takes a very special type of film to be able to do so much in less time um and I think this film does do that and the other thing I'd say is that if you are expecting this to be a remake of the the original Candyman it's not like you'd be disappointed it's like you will be very happily disappointed (laughs) this isn't the same thing um this is for me it's the the gold standard of uh psychological horror rather than sure 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 um so i mm, no i'm gonna do it i think i'm gonna give this film a 10 out of 10 oh wow yeah yeah i didn't know what i was gonna rate it when i came in but there is there are little things that i possibly could have changed but not to the point where it would have added much to the film like i don't think it would have added too much yes it could be a bit more creepy i think um but i loved it i really enjoyed it (laughs) it was from like an analytical point of view it's just so interesting and, and Fair enough. it's the sort of film that I would recommend to loads of people even if they didn't like horror so for that reason I think giving it a really high score is just because it's a well-rounded film um and the acting was incredible and yeah it was pretty good right, <laughs> so that so that takes us to about eight and a half out of ten which is actually a, a more than respectable score for any yeah, movie definitely. to be honest yeah, yeah. yeah. And something I, we didn't even touch upon, like we didn't talk about any of the gentrification aspect or, or anything. There's a whole other so storyline, basically, that we just yeah. didn't cover. And the whole uh, being an artist, a struggling black artist in a city that um, promotes but also puts you down if you, you know, if you do something that they don't like. Like there's there's so much within yeah. it that could be analysed from so many different aspects, but we don't have time to do that in one podcast. <laughs> um, and so I think my, my final thought is that it's not the jump scares or the creepiness of Candyman that will keep me kind of up at night but the the 
the events that happen in the film and the pain that you are witness to and the struggle that we we hear about I think that's the scary part it's the fact that it's real and the fact that these things do happen like that's what's gonna stick with me um it's not it's not saying Candyman five times it's knowing that this stuff is actually happening and I think that's kind of the scariest thing of it all is that this is real um and it's very hard hitting that way we hope you enjoyed this week's Fright Mix. Join us next week as we explore a new horror film. If you have any suggestions of movies you want us to cover, contact us on Instagram or Twitter, or you can email us at podcast at fightfix.com. See you next time.